Hey, this is Mohal Joshi from Los Angeles, California. I follow Indian foreign policy and defense with a special focus on Asia. You can follow me on Twitter at Mohal Joshi. Hey, this is Kishore Narayan from Bengaluru in India. I am an international relations expert specializing in global security, conflict resolution, and international negotiation. My focus areas include peace building and digital diplomacy. You can find me on Twitter at Veggie Diplomat. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of India Rising Strategic Conversations with Mohan and Kishore, a show in which we analyze happenings from around the world and their impact on India. Uh, you are in the midst of a two-part uh, series where we are looking at an overview of India's foreign policy. If you remember in the previous episode, in uh, episode 10, we had a distinguished guest, uh, Ramaharita Pusalla, uh, with us. Uh, Harita is back with us uh, for uh, today's episode as well. And uh, just to remind our uh, listeners, uh, Ramaharita Pusalla is an author, columnist, who writes regularly on uh, Mind.net on India's foreign policy. She also writes on India's domestic politics and other social issues. She can be found on Twitter at uh, Harita. Welcome back to uh, India Rising, uh, Harita. Yeah, thank you. So uh, in the last episode, we uh, had a deep down on, uh, on uh, India's neighborhood. And uh, we, uh, we had planned uh, to look at uh, India's relationship with uh, the great powers around the world, vis-a-vis uh, India, US, and uh, India, Russia. So uh, quite, a, quite a few times it so happens that the domestic politics within uh, either the US or within uh, Russia uh, has a deep impact on uh, the happenings in uh, India as well. So, uh, Mohal, uh, you want to start off? U.S. Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis has resigned. I mean, he was an old established uh, hand in uh, U.S. Uh, military and foreign policy. Now, he believed in the, uh, the, the consistent policy of where we would U.S. would depend on allies overseas and this Positions on foreign policy were more in alignment with the mainstream foreign policy, which, as you know, Trump opposes. So it will be an interesting time once he's gone, because he was also instrumental in getting the Comcasa signed with India. Uh, so it will be interesting to see who will be the new defense secretary and what will be the relations with India, especially with the CATSA waivers and the Comcasa and uh, threats for future arms supplies, uh, arm purchases from Russia to be sanctioned. So, Kishore, what are your thoughts on uh, Jim Mattis's departure and how it affects India? Yeah, I think uh, this is happening at a very critical juncture for India. I mean, uh, just uh, three months ago, we had a two plus two dialogue in New mm-hmm. Delhi on which uh, we had uh, covered it extensively in and which was, one uh, of And which was already delayed because the uh the previous uh secretary of state had resigned rex tillerson and you had uh, to delay that one so i'm guessing i don't know how many times we'll have to deal with a different secretary of state or secretary of defense all the time you know i agree yeah so yeah although although uh despite the political domestic political upheavals within the us uh, uh show no sign of ending uh the two plus two dialogue uh, remains a critical uh 
critical uh, point at which uh, the, the two administrations can uh, talk to each other. And I think uh, that was one good start that uh, they made last year. With, uh, with uh, Tillerson, uh, sorry, with uh, James Mattis now uh, leaving, I think uh, it, needs to, it needs to be seen how, who comes to uh, represent the uh, uh, U.S. at the Secretary of Defense level and whether he comes from an army background or from a civilian background. And uh, make no mistake, uh, James Mattis had a critical role to play in uh, in the announcement of the Pacific Command being mm-hmm. renamed yeah. as the Indo-Pacific yes. uh, Command. So uh, it, it kind of emphasizes India's role in not only in the Indian Ocean region, but also in the greater Indo-Pacific uh, region as well, where uh, the U.S. wants India to, uh, to shoulder on bigger responsibilities. So I think uh, that was something that uh, Indian uh, Indian uh, foreign policy watchers will have to look out for and mm. uh, look out for any signal that is coming out from uh, Washington DC. Harita, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, with uh, like uh, resignation of James Mattis, now uh, uh, Trump's uncertain foreign policy has taken it another toll. Like uh, as per reports, they were saying like uh, nearly 83% of uh, White House uh, administration have been either replaced or resigned Mm -hmm. uh, during the Trump's administration so far now. So we have to watch out uh, how many more uh, uh, Trump administration is going to have more. Mm, After that, I just want to say that like uh, this uh, Trump uh, uh, James Mattis is uh, has a reputation of uh, being called as Mad Dog Mattis for his uh, no nonsensical approach. Right. Uh, and uh, he's uh, al- always believed to have a very tough approach, and uh, uh, regarded as being a hawk by strategists. But uh, yeah. uh, and uh, U.S. announcement of uh, withdrawing of troops from Syria, while it is uh, not relevant to India, but I just want to emphasize that this kind of an uncertain um, uh, foreign policy decisions of Trump is uh, keeping the world on an uh, on an edge. And uh, considering the kind of a security situation prevailing in South Asia, pulling or withdrawal of half the troops from Afghanistan, which has, uh, I think, has indirectly provoked matters to tender his resignation, is going to have uh, huge ramifications in this region. Uh, already, the uh, Taliban is uh, having around kind of a 70% of uh, uh, hold in Afghan Afghanistan, and then fifty-six uh, percent of uh, territories of Afghanistan are indirectly administered or controlled by Taliban. This is all to say that, like, despite uh, being on ground in Afghanistan for seventeen years, America hasn't achieved anything, had made any advance, or pretty much to say that it has uh, even uh, has weakened its position in Afghanistan. And this has a lot to do with what uh, Pakistan uh, has uh, uh, meant. Uh, this is a, uh, in direct uh, proportion to how Pakistan is going to wield uh, uh, control in Afghanistan. Uh, the number of attacks have been on race this year. And uh, 
some of the official reports were uh, have stopped say, uh, has Af afghanistan has started saying that uh, they have uh, stopped taking uh, uh, records of how many civilians have lost their lives in the taliban attacks during this year this is all to say that taliban's uh, uh, incrementalism is on a race in uh, afghanistan and at this crucial juncture, uh, Trump withdrawing force uh, will be adding to the woes of uh, South Asia and especially to India, which is like uh, making every desperate attempt to restore or to bring some kind of uh, stability to Afghanistan, be it like offering $2 billion to Afghanistan or uh, building uh, that uh, Salma Dam, which has been like initiated some sometime in two, 2000s, and also through uh, regular shipment of uh, wheat and other products through uh, Chabahar port, or also through opening of air corridor. India is making all efforts to uh, bring some kind of a peace to the Afghanistan. Uh, um, even uh, so to say that like uh, Defense Secretary has also in his uh, statements expressed belief that India is going to be a reliable partner in uh, bringing back, uh, in restoring uh, normalcy to Afghanistan. So considering these events, it's going to be a terrible blow to India's uh, aspirations as such. Yeah, I think uh, I think the announcement is that they are going to cut, that the US is going to cut its troops in Afghanistan by half. Now, we have seen that probably 30 years ago, after the end of the uh, U Russian occupation of uh, Afghanistan, when the, they left the country, like one, the country fell into radicalist uh, hands with the Taliban eventually gaining power in a few years. And the more uh, problematic situation was that all the radicals then flowed into Jammu and Kashmir. And we had the issue on a boil ever since that. So the same worry would occur that if, uh, let's say, Afghanistan is lost per se, then there would be a higher influx of uh, radical uh, terrorist uh, sneaking into Kashmir to create even more trouble and create a, a bigger domestic security implication for India. Go ahead. More, more so with reports of IS elements also having their presence in Afghanistan, this is going to exacerbate India's uh, security situation. Yeah, yeah. So Kishore, what are your thoughts on uh, the future of India U.S. tries with this departure of Jim Mattis and on the overall picture. I mean, we had pro probably really good news with Comcasa uh, in September. So is it a case of two steps forward and three steps back in case of India-U.S. relationships? Yeah, I think uh, uh, when it comes to military uh, uh, strengthening of ties or even uh, at a strategic level, uh, India and the U.S. have uh, made uh, definite progress in the past uh, decade and definitely in yeah. the past uh, three, four years at least. Uh, mm -hmm. We all know how India and uh, U.S. agreed uh, for a LEMOA agreement where you uh, kind of uh, allow each other's uh, basis <laughs> for uh, uh, the other party. And then LEMOA was uh, followed up by Comcasa a couple of years later. So I think uh, these are the uh, steps in uh, the right direction. 
but there are certain uh, inherent foundational uh, trust deficit issues which kind of slow up every uh, every progress that we make so i think in a way yes you are right when it uh, when you say that uh, uh, it looks like two steps uh, forward and uh, three steps back but uh, mm-hmm. make no mistake uh, there are other areas and other avenues in which india and uh, the us are cooperating i mean uh, mm-hmm. the, the quad uh, discussions are uh, definitely one uh, aspect to it one dimension of it mm-hmm. but uh, the mm-hmm. other thing is the uh, annual uh, uh, naval exercises that uh, they conduct the uh, the malabar exercises mm-hmm. where uh, japan also is uh, is a regular uh, participant in it i mean there mm-hmm. are there are uh, discussions about bringing in uh, australia also but uh, that can go up that can that can happen in the near foreseeable uh, future but for now again as i told you there are multiple dimensions in which uh, uh, in which uh, cooperation is happening especially when it comes to the military realm yeah i mean there are quite a few differences between india i mean but there is also a large understanding within the us political and military establishment on the need for close relations with india now i mean i live in the us i've seen like there is a broad consensus on capitol hill that india is a strategic partner especially to, i mean they they see india as a bulwark against uh, an ascendant china which is trying to displace us from uh, the number one superpower status in the world so they do see that uh, uh, india is a useful partner but i mean as you mentioned that we don't see eye to eye on every single issue which is okay but i mean as long as it doesn't break the overall relationship i mean uh, we should be uh, okay to deal with it i mean that's the relationship we have with all the superpowers be it, uh, us or russia that uh, we might not get along on all the topics but if we have a broad consensus on how to move forward and look past our differences uh, we can forge a better relationship yeah and also uh, another uh, dimension uh, harita i want you to come in is uh, how uh, uh, the india uh, sorry the us pakistan uh, ties have actually ebbed uh, uh, for a long time now and uh, with any with any change uh, in the administration in uh, washington dc it also needs to be seen how uh, the us pakistan uh, ties shape up and uh, once that shapes up it also needs to be seen how that has any potential to uh, throw a spanner in uh, the ties between uh, new delhi and uh, washington dc harita yeah uh, uh, just to uh, trump has uh, openly expressed his disappointment with pakistan and has uh, even suspended the official assistance to pakistan to tune of uh, 2 2 billion dollars uh, very recently but uh, this is to say that like uh, pakistan is now looking to other sources where it can like uh, make up for the losses for what uh, it is denied by the us like it is going to saudi arabia and then uh, uh, asking for all its uh, investments and even to uae and uh, not to forget uh, now it is like uh, increasingly depending on china though it is known that it is kind of a 
host parasite kind of a relationship between china and pakistan uh, pakistan refuses to uh, accept this kind of a relationship and despite the pakistani economists always warning that uh, pakistan is at the verge of turning into a vassal state of china um, pakistan seems to have no qualms and then like uh, this is all to say that pakistan has uh, believes that it can sustain or its relevance remain remains in place um, until uh, uh, mean until unless it believes that like it can strategically use its assets it is necessarily to say that pakistan has uh, used or it is not a secret to say that like pakistan has uh, patronized cultivated supported and used these strategic assets that is the militant outfits to keep uh, us under check or india under check or rather to say that they have used these assets as a bargaining chip so irrespective of whether it receives financial aid from us or it uh, or not it it necessarily has been a terrorist state and would remain so uh, because it has been the as integral aspect of uh, pakistan foreign policy so this is to say that like uh, pakistan would uh, continue to uh, remain hostile towards india and wouldn't uh, it would be like a world will be making a mistake if they believe that uh, um, by curtailing financial support to pakistan they can even um, pamper pakistan it is like out of uh, question because like uh, pakistan has been using this as uh, its whole and soul uh, Mm, uh, uh, terrorism as its uh, strategy to extract its pound of flesh from all its uh, strategic partners so like uh, even considering that it does it hardly has enough resources for uh, even six six weeks of imports it is no way it is undeterred and it is still on its uh, uh, path um mean uh, thanks to the support uh, rendered by china so like uh, pakistan cannot be checkmated until uh, china can, is also obliged to do so and especially with uh, uh, donald trump's uh, uh, intention to pull back troops from afghanistan i am sure uh, pakistan would look at it as a critical opportunity to uh, kind of uh, reset its ties with washington dc so yeah i think that's one uh, factor to uh, keep in mind yeah exactly pakistan is kind of emboldened so there are hardly any uh, checks <coughs> on it it is so to say that it is like uh, it can brazenly now do whatever it wants and nobody can have any hold on it despite uh, us has uh, warning pakistan that uh, whatever funds it is going to come uh, whatever funds are going to be sanctioned through imf shouldn't be directed to china i think it's going to fall on to the deaf ears of pakistan and nothing much is going to change on ground
it's effectively the china which has now the keys to pakistan's future behavior or uh, uh, to it uh, or a uh, key to its foreign policy as well so um, now so there was a good uh, discussion on the india us relationships and its implications so now uh, moving on to india and us the the other superpower uh, from the cold war now india did have a very close relationship with russia uh, since 1971 when indira gandhi signed the friendship treaty with uh, uh, russia and they have been a close arms and uh, supporter uh, for uh, uh, india now we seen that prime minister modi and uh, president vladimir putin they share a, a warm and a close relationship but uh, we do have the challenges where the relationship has largely remained in the realm of uh, defense uh, mostly so kishore what are your uh, thoughts on the the india russia relationship and where it stands as of today yeah i think uh, i think a lot of progress was made uh, in the past 4 uh, years to uh, to kind of uh, keep uh, india <clears throat> uh, a key player for both uh, the us and for uh, russia in the region and uh, india continued to make uh, its own independent choices when it came to uh, acquisition of uh, military weapons and uh, s400 was a prime example of that where mm-hmm. india kind of uh, kind of uh, Uh, although uh, we cannot say india overlooked uh, uh, us uh, threats india did uh, acknowledge uh, us uh, threats but india did uh, at the eventually at the end of the day go ahead with uh, purchasing uh, the s400 uh, uh, yeah. anti missile uh, uh, shield so i think uh, that was the kind of uh, 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 stage at which uh, india and russia find their tie um uh, uh, the personal bonhomme between uh, putin and uh, modi is also a key factor in this but uh, more more than that i think uh, in addition to the military angle i think uh, uh, places like afghanistan where uh, both uh, russia and uh, india wants to uh, want to stay relevant is where uh, i would uh, i would think they would uh, find uh, commonality in terms of uh, Uh, strategy so uh, with uh, the us intending to uh, step out militarily and uh, taliban growing uh, stronger and stronger each day in afghanistan i think mm-hmm. uh, uh, russia will uh, want india's uh, help uh, to uh, to have a peace uh, uh, to have a lasting lasting peace in uh, kabul and elsewhere in afghanistan and mind you even for india this is a golden opportunity uh, simply because india is not in talking terms with taliban india does not recognize yeah, taliban yeah we refuse to a... talk to taliban exactly so india does not consider taliban as a political entity so i think uh, uh, with uh, russia wanting us to be part of those uh, five party or six party talks i think this is a golden opportunity for uh, india to uh, have some kind of a leverage with uh, taliban so that tomorrow in uh, in case of a in case of a uh, arrangement political arrangement between uh, the afghan national government and taliban uh, india can still have uh, pull its leverage and ensure that its investments 
ensure that its long-term strategy are not hampered by uh, the rising uh, menace of uh, Taliban. So I think that is one aspect in which India can uh, use uh, its Russia ties for uh, its own good. So Harita, I mean, I, I believe you had written a piece on uh, the India-US, uh, uh, sorry, the Russia relationship is mostly, I believe it's around the tune of 10 billion and it's mostly in defense. So you had written a piece on how to expand this beyond the realm of defense. So what are your uh, comments on this? Yeah, uh, firstly, picking up from where uh, Kishore has left, I just want to add that uh, India has expressed its, its uh, interest in being part of this Russia-Taliban uh, negotiations. And then uh, India has sent uh, two uh, officials of uh, high repute uh, though inform as an informal uh, observers to the summit, but uh, it is uh, to say that like uh, India has expressed his and it is like uh, ready to be part of uh, Russia Russian uh, led Taliban talks for uh, Afghan solution. Uh, nextly, and uh, regarding India Russia relationships, it uh, it has always been that the defense cooperation has been bedrock of this bilateral ties. Mm -hmm. yes. And uh, India always had a special relationship uh, with uh, Russia. And it is also designated as a special privileged uh, uh, strategic partnership between uh, with uh, Russia. And uh, for the past uh, 17, uh, for the past 18 years, India had uh, annual summits with Russia. And also, uh, uh, again, uh, at this juncture, I want to bring to relevance Russia's present position in uh, changing geopolitical scenario. Unlike mm -hmm. in the past when uh, Russia has been uh, designated as a uh, superpower, uh, considering the fluctuating oil prices and its uh, crippling sanctions by the Western Russia, Russia is feeling its heat and it is showing up on its uh, economy, which is like uh, slowly sinking. So uh, the kind of a superpower status which it enjoyed earlier is no longer uh, the case now. Accordingly, even Russia is uh, making every attempt or a desperate attempt to find relevance in this current scenario. So mm -hmm. uh, this brings us to the thing like uh, how Russia is uh, um, man, all by itself entering into Chinese to uh, have its clout or its say uh, per se on global issues. So uh, yeah, Russia has been... is uh, deepening its uh, relations with uh, China. And mm -hmm. I am bringing this angle to fore because uh, Russia-China relation is now like uh, slowly levitating towards Pakistan. So the kind of emerging access of Russia-China Pakistan access is like uh, is going is now keeping India on like uh, back foot not exactly back foot but uh, this is um, this is emerging as one of the irritants to mm -hmm. India Russia relationship which is like unseen before or it has never been felt before it's kind so, of a small yeah, so, so good point let me prove 
give a sort of a counterpoint to it now this has been uh, band, much bandied around in the media that russia's closeness to pakistan and china so let me take a slightly differing view in uh, step by step so let's take russia with china uh, russia with uh, pakistan now um, russia uh, i mean we have been growing closer there's been a, a surely a strategic drift towards the us so russia is just trying to do a sort of a counterbalance by hedging towards pakistan but the question is as you harita you mentioned that they have three weeks of foreign exchange reserves so i'm not sure what the uh, goal of the relationship can be there because if they have no money i mean the only thing they could purchase is defense and in defense i mean if they have no money i mean it is hard for russia to uh, grow really close with pakistan it would be more of posturing to uh, say that uh, uh, it was a kind of a hedging game done by russia but i mean i wouldn't be too worried about it uh, in, in terms of pakistan now with china as you say like with the crippling sanctions they got uh, into trouble in economically and i think the russian economy also has been shrinking for some time so they have they have sort of a, a good relationship with the chinese but you remember like maybe 40 years ago they were like bitter rivals and they even fought a border war in 1969 so for the time being russia seems that okay a uh, 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 enemy of an enemy is my friend so what they are doing is they just patching up with china but mind you all this uh, uh, belt and road initiative has also expanded chinese influence into the uh, central asian uh, republics of uh, the former soviet uh, countries so what this is which russia considers it is strategic backyard so for the time being they are keeping their mouth shut and not raising any protest but mind you once china, russia can find its footing in terms of uh, growing economically and politically more stronger and maybe when relations with the west are at a more even keel i am i can bet my top dollar that they are going to push back more against the chinese because they definitely don't like uh, ascendant china because russia considers itself in the eurasian subcontinent as the primary superpower and i'm not sure they would take too kindly to chinese uh, intervention in their uh, sort of backyard okay uh, uh this is just to say that like uh, russia is levitating towards pakistan just to use it as a bargaining chip against mm -hmm. india yeah yeah it's to yeah. say that uh, russia is irked by um india's drift towards us and also mm -hmm. uh, uh, with the revival of quad the quad in terms has been has despite having a lot of potential is not uh, using it to its core it's to say that like um, <coughs> russia is now seeing india uh, being a part of uh, 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 western group that is one eight thing and another thing what i want to emphasize here is uh, that uh, india should have been like in a position of uh, uh, what do you say expand its ties with russia considering its uh, historical links with the with russia this mm -hmm. is to say that apart from the defense cooperation india should have already diversified its ties with russia for example in uh, in investment economics and infrastructure 
this is to bring uh, this is to say that there are several options in the sense that uh, india can make investments in russia and also be part of uh, russian explorations in the arctic uh, circle now that uh, russia is opening up uh, another uh, uh, route or uh, is um, uh, intent on using its arctic circle route for uh, its exports india can collaborate with russia in that aspect and mm -hmm. another thing is to say that uh, russia uh, in fact have instead of uh, having uh, um, government ties india uh, russia should rather approach indian private uh, institutes or to say that private players which are now actively uh, like being part of uh, several projects across the globe so this is to say that uh, there uh, there has been a lacuna in india russia relationship and never before has this lacuna is become more gl glaring uh, uh, because like uh, russia is like uh, now looking at its uh, economic survival in the sense like uh, want to revive its uh, economy these are the other aspects wherein india can like uh, cooperate with russia and diversify and another aspect uh, to this uh, to india's credit i must say that uh, india is now using its uh, soft power diplomacy in wooing russia um, it must be remembered that uh, the theosophical society which is started by russians had a great influence in india it has been like a kind of a, a, a great influence and then uh, it has been a massive hit among the philosophers and uh, Rus uh, russian observers in india so now yeah. india is deploying that soft power missile back and i think like uh, india is making every effort to woo russia back this is uh, and uh, also to say that after uh, uh, signing for s400 india recently inked a uh, uh, an agreement Beautiful. worth uh, 500 million dollars where uh, uh, there, there is an agreement of building uh, in goa so these are all going uh, simultaneously but uh, the larger thing which remains is considering trump's uh, uh, what do you say, uh, America first policy or uh, fallout of that uh, protectionism? Uh, India, uh, Russia is also feeling heat in in terms to, in terms of like uh, uh, Russia is feeling more segregated. Earlier, it anticipated that uh, Trump is going to uh, have a reconciliatory approach towards Russia. But uh, with all those things uh, now falling back, yeah, it's Russia more like is... domestic politics in U.S., which is preventing from having a reconciliatory politics uh, a position with Russia. So yeah, the, the, that's right. And also, and uh, uh, in, in Trumps, I like China is the main uh, rival. And uh, but like the domestic politics, as you know, in uh, U.S. will prevent any kind of rapprochement between uh, Russia and U.S. Kishore, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you people hit the nail on the head when you said that uh, Russia is actually biding its time. Uh, yeah, biding its time uh, just to uh, wait until it challenges uh, China again. And uh, also at the same time as the geopolitical play that is happening in uh, Middle East and uh, elsewhere, 
where uh, Russia is emerging uh, stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And uh, India also has a keen uh, eye on uh, Middle East as well. So every time there is a political alignment or a geopolitical alignment happening in Middle East and uh, the surrounding areas, uh, India will have to be uh, on top of its game uh, to ensure that its, uh, its long-term uh, stakes are not, uh, are not uh, threatened in any which way. Okay, so I think uh, we had a, a good discussion on uh, India's uh, uh, ties with the US and also India's ties with uh, the uh, with uh, Russia. Uh, I think we'll switch over to uh, uh, the Indo-Pacific uh, region as such and uh, the quad uh, uh, discussions that keep happening uh, between India, the US, Japan, and uh, uh, the uh, and Australia. So. Uh, uh, Quad as such as not any uh, cannot be seen as a as a as a defense alignment. It cannot be seen as a military alignment. Definitely, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, the at a ministerial level, at a secretary level, uh, these four countries uh, uh, meet up often whenever the they whenever they uh, take part in any conference uh, around the world, and uh, that way they kind of. Uh, 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 get a chance to discuss on the happenings around the world, especially in the uh, Indian Ocean, in the Pacific Ocean uh, region. So uh, Indo-Pacific and uh, Quad are two terms that uh, analysts also make a mistake of, uh, of uh, imposing one in place of the other, which is generally not right. Uh, Quad is definitely not military, and Indo-Pacific is a term that uh, the US uses for the entire uh, region in a broader perspective. So uh, I'll start off with you, Mohan. Uh, what is, what is uh, there for India to gain when it comes to uh, its involvement in the broader Indo-Pacific region? So, um, I mean, as you had mentioned that, I think since uh, it has been probably 10 years since the Chinese started making forays into the Indian Ocean. Now, the Indian Ocean region was what India considered as his own strategic backyard. And uh, I mean, Chinese vessels have been entering and leaving frequently. So which does raise concern for the Indian Navy. Now, it's not that uh, China has total superiority or dominance over the Indian Ocean region. But India does see that its uh, potential geographical advantage is slowly getting uh, eroded uh, over time. So in the, this aspect, uh, it is important that US, uh, which all, earlier used to call this region as Asia Pacific, it uh, understands that India is one of the strong pillars to prop up against uh, Chinese hegemony in the region. So by giving the name Indo-Pacific, they are giving paramount importance to India to showcase uh, the importance of India as a central player in maritime uh in the indian in the in the asian subcontinent yeah uh, harita yeah uh, the first and foremost thing i want to highlight is like uh, uh, despite all the four democratic countries coming together and quad, they haven't as of now clearly defined the indo-pacific region because America has its own definition for Indo-Pacific mm -hmm. region and India has a, uh, a separate uh, definition for Indo-Pacific region. That is one aspect. Uh, 
another thing is despite this coming together there have been some kind of a uh, mean uh, considering india and australia especially they are not still very clear about their uh, expectations from the quad kind of an association i i would uh, still stick to the word association because it's not alignment as such uh india still could have taken much... but harita let me huh. uh, ask you in between do you think australia's hesitation is due to because they left us high and dry 10 years ago in the first version of the quad see this is more to do uh, uh, i agree that is one aspect of it and another thing is uh, economic interdependence growing economic interdependence of these uh, regions especially of and japan with china they are uh, unable to take an open stance on uh, quad and mm -hmm. uh, coming to india india is uh, still uh, mean still short of giving a kind of an impression that it is a counterweight to china because it still believes that it cannot match up to china's potential be it in terms of military or other aspects so it is kind of a rather i would say a kind of a subdued kind of an association which wants to actually emerge as a counterweight to china but is uh, unable to um, uh, break out from its old uh, historical baggages or interdependence with uh, china so it's kind of uh, not in fully unrestrained kind of an association so the quad uh, quad would uh, uh, mean realize its complete potential only and only when all these countries has come together and has uh, set out the prescribed objectives of what they want from the quad so but there I is think, a, yeah. uh, uh, there is as of now there isn't any uh, clear clarity about uh, quad because like as you can see even in uh, 2017 the first time after revival of the quad and even in 2018 each of the country has uh, uh, given out their own joint statement but never all the four countries have come out with a combined statement this is one thing which is to be observed because like as an association uh, all the member countries are expected to be on same lines but uh, that kind of a thing is missing in quad but see i think quad is a very nascent concept i mean it's probably going to be baby steps before all of them align to certain objectives and also remember these are like four countries which are like geographically thousands of miles away from each other and also on three different continents so to get a alignment of objectives i think it's going to take a quite some time it's more to just uh, have some talking forum i mean it's mostly i would say like a hedging against uh, china i mean it's not going to be a military alliance for sure see like for especially for india it doesn't make sense because we have a la huge land border dispute with china mm -hmm. so you might hedge against china in the maritime domain but what about the land domain where you might have uh, an uh, unprovoked response from china so i think it will still remain as a non military alliance and that's what india has been doing since independence uh and uh, regarding the ally i mean uh, the military aspect i mean we we tend to use i mean what i know like arjun subramaniam he has a very fascinating uh, term that we do we do like sort of a engagement so it's like a 
hedging plus engagement so and one in the uh, china episode last week we talked about like we engage with china we try to talk out our differences however deep they may be but all, simultaneously also we have been starting to do this hedging part where we talk to like minded countries to do joint exercises learn their best practices share communication like there was what comcasa was about sharing in crucial information on the chinese movements so this is the part of the hedging so we do engagement i don't believe ever we're going to completely go in one direction in sort of a military alliance with totally hedging or totally stop doing hedging and just talk with china one on one due to the uh, the power differential that we have with china kishore yeah and uh, you raise a pertinent point about india sharing a, a land border also with uh, china and especially when we had the doklam issue raising uh, uh, we did not have uh, uh, australia giving any uh, clear cut uh, statement supporting uh, india uh, during the crisis and uh, and and i think the same can be uh, said about india's uh, clarity, clarity of Uh, india when it comes to any any confusing signals arising out of uh, east and the south china sea uh, india mm. would always have a muted response when it comes mm. to any chinese overtures in the east china sea or the south china sea mm. uh, region yeah. so uh, for india it's more a regional problem that uh, uh, china uh, china uh, Uh, uh provides uh, india and for uh, for uh, australia although it is a regional uh, problem uh, australia would not want uh, their economic uh, engagement with china to be hampered in any any which manner simply because uh, 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 any any cut in economic ties uh, with china would only imply that uh, the australian economy itself would uh, face a no dive uh, and that would not Uh, go well with the australian uh, public and we have already seen uh, uh, the australian uh, economic ties with china uh, becoming so huge that uh, this has now uh, started uh, having uh, political ramifications within uh, australia itself so i think uh, unless and until these four countries come up with a clear cut objective of uh, what each country wants and if all uh, four objectives uh, have any common factor that uh, all four uh, would uh, stand up for the other i don't think uh, quad uh, can go up to the next level but having mm-hmm. said that once once that uh, 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 starting uh, t- stumbling block has been uh, crossed i think quad has a bigger uh, bigger role to play especially with countries like uh, vietnam and Singapore and uh, to an extent Indonesia also uh, looking at Quad uh, for uh, any kind of direction uh, in in terms of figuring out what would be uh, the U.S.'s role, what would be India's role, what would be uh, Australia or Japan's role in the region. So if 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 those countries have uh, a clarity on uh, how these four major nations uh, play when it comes to the Uh, the south china sea and also mm-hmm. uh, malacca strait and the surrounding uh, maritime areas i think mm-hmm. uh, what itself has a has a greater pot- potential to grow in uh, in the forthcoming decade yeah i think prime minister modi has outlined that uh, asean 
is uh, the ASEAN centrality to the Indo-Pacific because many of the ASEAN nations were feeling uh, uh, sort of uh, left out because when the Indo-Pacific name came about, they thought like the ASEAN was being totally bypassed and Prime Minister Modi in his uh, Shangri-La dialogue did assuage their concerns. And coming back to the quad part a little bit, I mean, the see, the thing is like many people miss the larger point that, okay, we might not do joint exercises with the Australians, the Japanese and the Americans together, but we have robust bilateral exercises with the Australians, the Japanese and the US. They might not occur at the same time in the same place with let's say a Malabar exercise, but we do have very good cooperation with each of them individually. So for photo optics, it might appear good, but I can't see a scenario where four navies are going to sail together in war against China. So that would be something, uh, I mean, that is not truly required. If it helps you to keep China Chinese folks happy, you can continue to do bilateral cooperation with uh, all of these countries individually. And coming to your point on Vietnam and Indonesia, I mean, uh, Prime Minister Modi, to his credit, has stepped up cooperation. I mean, you can have the example of the Sabang port uh, being uh, uh, used by uh, India for refuel and resupply. Uh, and also for, with Vietnam, we've been talking about a, a extending defense cooperation. I mean, the the big question is can we sell brahmos missiles which uh like would be a red flag for china so right. we do have a lot of scope of cooperation with the asean countries because they are also fearing due to the chinese encroachment and the coercion tactics in the south china sea that they see india as a bulwark against uh, chinese aggression in the south china sea so uh, they uh, value uh, india's uh, cooperation in here Yep. So I think uh, that uh, would be a good uh, point to stop uh, when it comes to uh, uh, Indo-Pacific and uh, Quad per se. Uh, I think uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll wrap it up here, but uh, we'll we'll kind of go around the table and uh, we'll uh, have uh, closing comments from uh, all three of us. Uh, Harita, you want uh, to quickly give uh, your closing comments? Uh, yeah, uh, this is just to add to what I have said earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. Renaming of this in Pacific uh, region has added to the fears of Russia, which felt like uh, after the name Asia Pacific has become uh, has been like uh, uh, not been in use anymore. It started feeling that it is no longer a part of uh, Asia or like. Uh, not having a kind of a larger role in the Asia-Pacific region. This is one of the reasons for its uh, concerns towards India, that India is going to be like uh, emerging as a larger power. That's one thing. And uh, the, uh, also to say that like uh, uh, considering the present uh, Indian uh, foreign policy, India has come long way from its non-alignment uh, kind of a mode of an Nehruvian politics to a new policy of a strategic align, uh, strategic autonomy, where it is like uh, uh, having a kind of a larger um, bilateral ties with individual countries and is trying to emerge out of its own mold and is trying to present itself as a responsible regional power. 
uh, be it its attempts to like strengthen BIMSTEC or uh, to revive IORA or uh, be it uh, like uh, reaching out to the uh, Indo-Pacific Islands and its uh, association with Africa. All these things are uh, adding a fresh dimension to Indian foreign policy where there is a kind of a new enthusiasm and pragmatic approach uh, which was uh, which is being like uh, now realized and India is uh, now uh, uh, looked upon by the uh, international uh, international media as a responsible power and a benign power as opposed to China's uh, peaceful race mm -hmm. okay yeah uh, my take on all this is uh... Uh, I think four, four and a half, five years ago, when uh, the current administration uh, took uh, took uh, came came to power, I think uh, the Indian Foreign Service itself was highly understaffed, and uh, not much was done when it comes to uh, the activist, uh, uh, sorry, the the then uh, lookist policy. I think a lot of ground has been covered in the past uh, four years, where uh, the primary focus has been. Uh, neighborhood first and uh, uh, look east has now been converted into active so a lot of ground has been covered although there have been uh, uh, probably one or two slip ups when it comes to say uh, uh, nepal or any other such uh, uh, nations where uh, probably probably our steps were not uh, in tune with what the local population wanted us to do but i think overall uh, the general direction is uh, going out, going on well, and uh, I take your point, uh, Harita, about uh, strategic uh, independence, where India does not uh, shy away from uh, having uh, deeper ties with the U.S., irrespective of uh, how its uh, age-old uh, thought processes were, and at the same time also have a, a balanced, mature, and uh, responsible uh, uh, relationship with uh, Russia. So I think uh, in you know. All the regards, uh, Indian foreign policy is in a far better shape uh, uh, as compared to what it was uh, four or five years ago. Mohan? Yeah, so I have basically two points. One is that, uh, I mean, a lot of experts talk about like increasing India's military power to expand the power. But I think what we need to work on as Prime Minister Modi through his various initiatives by visiting abroad and through like... Uh, initiatives like yoga day and we have to increase our soft power because that's the way to go because a coercive diplomacy has its disadvantages where you turn off uh, your friends and uh, so the other part is like it's not increasing military power but it's increasing your economy now today we are like five times smaller than china in terms of economic terms like when we grow faster at a, we have to grow at eight to ten percent to close the gap with China. Once the different power differential is closed down, then China will regard India at a more even level, and we will have a better leverage in terms of negotiating with the Chinese. So we have to also look at the economic aspect where we grow massively to close the differential with China. Then China would be not prone to any misadventures against India, seeing that India is also a great power. And the second point I quickly want to make is that a lot of experts are over obsessed with Pakistan. Now, as I had said before, like Pakistan is like sort of the skin rash where you can never get rid of it, but it's not going to kill you. You're going to learn to manage it in the long term. 
however china is that slow moving cancer which is going to eat you alive from one day and you won't even realize it so our main strategic uh, thing is like is china uh, at the moment objective is china and not pakistan so the eye has to be kept more on china rather than pakistan i mean pakistan might generate all the 9 pm news headlines but the focus has to be on how to counter china kishore wonderful yeah wonderful okay so this has been a, a fascinating conversation uh, for the past uh, two weeks today and the uh, previous episode uh, and uh, i would like to take this opportunity to thank uh, harita for being a part of this uh, discussion and providing her valuable insights uh, on uh, on a wide gamut of uh, topics so thank you harita uh thank you both mohal and kishore for ha- having me here and it's uh, a pleasure to talk about all for indian foreign policy aspects right yeah so that uh, kind of uh, wraps up uh, the the two part uh, series that we had uh, where we discussed uh, overview of uh, india's foreign policy uh, to continue hearing about such uh, interesting topics uh, we urge you to subscribe to our channel india rising and also tap on the bell icon to be notified whenever a new episode uh, becomes available in the meanwhile if you would also like to hear from we would also like to hear from you if you have any uh, suggestions on any topics that you would love, want us to cover and uh, we would want you to remember that these topics should be directly related to uh, indian foreign policy thank you once again uh, dear listeners and until the next episode this is mohal and kishore and uh, uh, harita signing off